In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. is up rotoviz family welcome back to the on the daily dfs podcast you can find us on twitter at on the daily dfs you can find me at salito ff and of course my fellow co-hosts who are back together for the first time in three weeks the three of us at matt jones tfr and at tj calkins as well we are here to take you game by game through the main slate for week 13 uh guys it is uh crazy times across the league we're recording this on wednesday night after some wednesday afternoon football i've never said that phrase before in my life uh the steelers and the ravens played each other on wednesday and uh due to that we will lose thursday's ravens cowboys game and that will be played next tuesday so that is not on the main slate it was not originally supposed to be but we're going to lose the uh, steelers washington game as well, that will now be part of a mini slate on Monday, played at five o'clock. So we don't get one of TJ's favorite players uh, on the main slate like we had hoped this week. A guy who barely won him a game today. Um, but guys, I you, when I jumped in, you guys were talking about last week. It sounded like TJ, you uh, you had a pretty good week. You were very close to a big week. Uh, tell us about it. Yeah, I. Uh... With the holiday and everything, I didn't play a ton, but uh, if I did, it would have been easily a smash week, my biggest week of the year. I still did really well. Super heavy on Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek, uh, double stack. Super heavy on Chubb and Henry. Um, the whiff there was also kind of super heavy on Dalvin, and then just make the cheap receivers and tight ends fit, and it worked out well. Most of my lineups were well over 200, but I was the Kelsey bonus away from – uh, a true smash. It would have made a huge, huge difference. What did Kelsey finish with yardage wise? Uh, I believe he had 81 mm-hmm. and he had a 14 yard catch call back on penalty late in the game. So I mean, it was just right out, right there, man. Matt, I know you had a good, uh, a lot of good parts uh, this past week. And we actually, you, you and I, without the help of our good friend TJ last week, we had some good calls on some, some players. Um, but uh, it, overall, not not the smash lineup you'd hope for. Yeah, no, I I got my dick kicked in. I got uh, <laughs> I got swept in cash, and uh, yeah, I I almost almost broke even because of one good uh, GPP lineup. But uh, 
yeah, the the Kelsey bonus would have helped me too, but it would have just been to uh <laughs> to, <laughs> to almost break even instead of having a smash week. <laughs> yeah, you know, I got to say that I it was a crazy busy for uh crazy busy week for me last week and I did not get a chance to sit down and put lineups together and literally 1245 I walked in 15 minutes before games like wow let me throw together a quick uh cash lineup I uh, didn't enter a lot because of that and uh good idea turned out to be a good idea so guys we have 11 games I believe on the slate because we lost one uh so 11 games and uh you know some lowish totals compared to what we've been used to in 2020 we have only three Games over 50 on this slate. And we will start out with one of the lowest, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Miami Dolphins, two teams who are uh, lost their rookie quarterbacks that were playing for a little while. There is a chance that Tua will be back this week. so And that kind of throws things into disarray for me when it comes to, to the uh, Miami Dolphins. And, you know, Devontae Parker has a 14-target game last week, eight catches eight for 119. Uh, he lost the fumble, and he still ends up having a really nice day. And I tell you, I would be interested in playing party. $6,400 is kind of a lot when you look at some other players here. But what I'm saying is if I'm going to go to Parker, it's going to be only if Ryan Fitzpatrick plays, right? So I want to keep an eye on that if I want to go because there will probably be low ownership on him. And then I don't know that I want anything else on the Miami side. The, the defense gets me excited, but it's priced up at $4,400 this week. So I know we try to find a more reasonably priced – Defenses, but guys, with the running backs being some unhealthy, Gaskin might come back. Is there anything on the Miami side that gets us excited in this low total game of 42? I mean, you already touched on Parker, and I, he goes from smash if Fitz plays to fade if it's Tua. And that's sad to say, but uh, that's the trend we have, and it's pretty easy. Although, if Gaskin is activated, at 5,900, I do have interest in him, and I, I won't be without him. I won't go overweight, but I uh, I definitely would have interest. Uh, what about you, Matt? Yeah, I would I would definitely find a way to uh, to play Gaskin as long as he's active, just because they haven't really they haven't really been able to do. Uh, you know, nobody's like taking a stranglehold of that of that job in Gaskin's absence or anything. Um, so I think I would definitely assume unless we hear some sort of weird reports that he would kind of slap back into the role that he had, which was, which was super valuable for the first half of the season. So um, I don't think if he played the last three weeks that he would be sitting at 5,900. So uh, I think that's a good price on him with the opportunity share that he's likely to get. Um, And yeah, I mean, like, this game is just gross. Like I, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really have a ton. Like I, I might throw in Parker into a lineup if I make, uh, if I make enough of them. He was starting to trend up a little bit, um, with with two. I think he had, he had a that one like awful. I think it was the Rams game. He had that like two, maybe one or two target game. Um, but then he, you know, he saw seven targets in a few games. So it really depends on uh how you think the game script goes. I think he's playable i don't think he's like a, a, a smash necessarily um without fitzpatrick but uh i would i wouldn't be totally uh scared off of him just if just because Tua comes back so before we move out of this game let's just quickly touch on the cincinnati side it's uh it's not good without burrow there but 
T. Higgins found a way to salvage his day with a late touchdown. I mean, he, he caught all five of his targets, but only for 44 yards. That touchdown really carries the day. I mean, it's hard to see him and Boyd at just 4,600 and 4,700 respectively. But, TJ, is there any any desire to get one of those guys in there at that cheap price, or is it just, you know, you're basically grasping at straws? I guess if it's got to be one of them, it's uh, T. Higgins. But, I mean, uh, we have breaking news. Brandon Allen is bad at football. So yes. this, is, this is the way <laughs> fade the Bengals. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's going to finish up bad there in Cincinnati, and maybe that's the best for Cincinnati, so they could get a better draft pick and add a little bit more to that team. And we'll, uh, we'll check back in twenty twenty two when uh, Joe Burrow plays again. Uh, we'll take next year off. All right, let's move to the Jacksonville Jaguars facing the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, Minnesota's got a thirty point five implied total, and the game is at fifty one. Point five. We will start first with Jacksonville because there's not a lot there uh, before we go over to the Minnesota side where we, we expect a ton. But uh, Gardner Minshew is healthy, and he will be the backup to Mike Lennon. Um, it, it, we, we could talk about James Robinson every week. Um, it, it, the guy just does it. He had a monster 27-touch, 159-total yardage game uh, with a rushing touchdown, and he jumped up $1,000 this week to $7,300. Matt, does that price scare you in a game where it's most likely going to be him as the the alpha? Um, or do you take what you said last week about Derrick Henry and say, listen, the touch volume is just too good, and he produces week in and week out, and uh, you just can't ignore him? Yeah, I mean he's he's getting the like literally ninety nine percent of the uh, the rush attempts for for the Jaguars, and uh, you know he he has this this spike uh, spike week target potential. Um, he's seen as many as six or seven targets quite a few times this year. Um, so uh, yeah, I think it's I, I obviously this looks gross, but like. How often are you going to get the Jaguars in a in a favorite situation? Like if you're ever going to play them, you have to deal with the fact that they're going to be underdogs. Like that, that's just that's just how it's going to be. They're going to lose almost every game. Um, so yeah, I have I have absolutely no problem uh, getting him in seventy three hundred uh, versus you know for his uh, workload. I think is is a fine play. It really just depends on roster construction. If you if you want to pay up. For Coker Henry this week, I think it's a little bit more difficult to get him in. Um, but if you want to drop down into that range for your running backs, you know, your top two running backs, I think that that's a good place to start. What about you, TJ? Yeah, I'm same page, man. Uh, I, I think he's somewhere between fine to good play. I don't think it's like an elite play. But uh, we saw the Jaguars trailing all week last week. We're always going to see them trailing. You know, he still had plenty of carry volume, 22 of those. Uh, he caught five of six targets. So even if he doesn't get the carry volume, he's get, he's getting targeted. And now we see Glennon will check it down to him, which is fine. I will say there are two running backs priced higher than him. One of them is a cook that I like a lot better. But uh, we're going to get to that specific game. And there's one running back right below him that I think I like a tick better. But I do, uh, I do definitely have interest in Robinson. I won't be without him, but I also won't be uh, overweight. And anything on the wide receivers? I mean, listen, it, 
earlier in the year, Minnesota was getting absolutely burned uh, by wide receivers. But if you go and look over the last five weeks, um, they have been they've been 23rd in the league, um, which is you know better when I say 23rd. Um, I'm ranking that as one being the worst, not 20, not 32nd being the worst. So they are much better and they have not given up a 100 yard game since week six. And they've just defended much better. And it's kind of a little messy with injuries and Chark is, is, you know, limited on Wednesday in practice. And, you know, Chenault is cheap, but is he worth sticking in there? Because is Glennon going to play? Is he going to come out? Is it going to be a Minshew? I don't know. I don't think I want to touch anybody on that side. I will say, hey, that I did mention Tyler Eifert last week, and he got that touchdown. So I was kind of proud of that. He was in my cash lineup that didn't cash me anything. But I just want to, you know, every once in a while you reach around, you give yourself a pat on the back. This is my moment. Let's get to the important side of the ball. TJ you wants need to, to change me. that terminology there. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, hey, this this is a family show, pal. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard some things. I've heard some things on here that would be the contrary. But anyway, let's get over to the Minnesota. Hold on, we got to touch on Jacksonville receivers. We got to touch on. All right, good. CJ's got some Jacksonville insight. Let's go, TJ. Uh, if Chark plays, he's an okay play. Uh, he always has a ceiling. That's fine. If he doesn't, Colin Johnson is still thirty three hundred. He's clearly the direct backup to Chark, and he will see the same workload, same volume, and. I think he's just a phenomenal play if we're if we're without DJ Goat again. All right. Well, listen, TJ likes them a little bit more than me, and Matt doesn't want to say anything about them. So we're going to move on to the Minnesota side of the ball, where uh, Kirk Cousins he he put up thirty plus points last week without Adam Thielen, uh, and that's including losing a fumble in that game. So losing some points for that. He comes in at sixty four hundred dollars this week with Adam Thielen returning and you know Dalvin Cook got a little banged up last week and it seems like that happens weekly uh, you know I have him in a lot of dynasties where he goes down I'm like oh my god this he's carrying my team this year and I'm gonna lose him and he's back two to three plays later but doesn't always look the same as he does before the injury guys is is Cousins a, a player a quarterback you would consider this week in a stack uh, with Thielen, with in a stack with Jefferson, or is it, like I always say about Derek Carr, is it never Kirk Cousins week? I don't think that's fair to say, and I think it, he can definitely hit against Jacksonville. Um, I, I think if you're making a lineup like that, uh, 100 out of 100 are going to have Robinson in them. But uh, at, at the end of the day, it, it just feels like a game – much like the Browns game where Minnesota wins easily, but we don't necessarily see a smash. I mean, Chubb, you know, he's a better player than Dalvin Cook, but that's neither here nor there. Um, We could see Dalvin hit, but that price is ridiculous. Uh, Jefferson, you know, I I was completely wrong on the narrative that he probably couldn't play outside. He's doing very well. He is obviously the very real deal, but now Thielen returns, and we just saw Landry beat, beat the one be the one to beat uh, the Jaguars last week, and that would be Thielen instead, which that price is kind of – it's prohibitive. So it, it's it's going to be contrarian, I, I'll tell you that. I mean, maybe making one lineup, trying to throw a dart in a huge field, but that's uh, that's about it. I mean, I, unless you're MMEing, this is not a stack I'd highly recommend. Matt, anything? I mean, I'm – 
I'm making five lineups. I'm not playing Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Super fair. <laughs> I can't argue that. Matt, anything else on Minnesota before we move on? Uh, no, I mean, I, I agree with uh, with TJ that uh, Cook is for sure, in, at least in tournaments, is uh, an interesting fade just because of the price. Um, and I think you can, like I said before, if you, if you go Robinson and – uh, you don't have you don't have the Vikings pieces of that game. Uh, I think that that will probably be a little different uh, in in bigger field tournaments. I think that game is going to be pretty popular, like you said, a lot of low totals this week. So I think that um, there's going to be a lot of different combinations that people uh, go to for that game. And if you uh, if you just pick one, you might be a little different. All right, well, let's jump over to the Saints and the Falcons. We have a total of 45.5. The Falcons put that much up last week themselves against my piece of garbage Raiders, who I saw that coming, by the way. My brother and I are both Raider fans, and he was excited at Thanksgiving. I told him, we do this every year. We'll lose to the Falcons and the Jets. So I have no confidence that when we get to the Raiders game that they're going to do anything against the Jets this week. Listen, but you have to understand as a Raiders fan, Matt, you know, it's the same way Jet fans actually feel, but – Let's let's talk about this game. These two teams met two weeks ago. They combined for 33 points. Uh, it was the game that Drew Brees did get injured in. Um, no one in the Falcons did anything in that game. It was in New Orleans, but I don't know that that changes necessarily this week. This is a good Saints defense uh, this year, and they're winning on defense right now. And and you know Taysom Hill at quarterback. But let's talk about how Kate, Taysom Hill is killing our man. Alvin Kamara. There was four rushing touchdowns last week for the Saints, and zero of them went to Alvin Kamara. He has just 16.7 total points the last two weeks with Taysom Hill at quarterback. He's nursing a foot injury. Uh, I don't think he's in a threat to not play. His salary, which was way up in the 9,000s, has plummeted to 7,000. We saw Latavius Murray have – 19 touch, 100 yard plus two touchdown game. And TJ, I want to play Alvin Kamara at $7,000 this week. Am I crazy to want to put him back in there? I don't think you're crazy, but I don't know that they're not going to continue to baby him. Well, I guess the game script might even matter here. Last week, you know, it was so out of hand and there was absolutely no threat coming back the opposite way. There was just no need. There was absolutely no need to push Kamara, especially when he's a little banged up. Um, it, despite the Falcons playing good again last week, I just think they match up so terribly with the Saints, and I think we're going to see a repeat of two weeks ago. Um, Taysom is, you know, he, he he does take a chunk out of Kamara, and he either helps or doesn't hurt Michael Thomas. So that's probably the, the area I lean to more than Kamara. Although I do think Taysom Hill naked is the best play on uh, on the Saints side. Are you on any Saints, Matt? I mean, in in at least one of my tournament lineups, I will play uh, Thomas with one of the, uh, you know, Falcons options. Um, just as sort of like a mini correlation. I, I don't really, I don't really see myself uh, ever rostering Taysom Hill. I just think you're... Uh, it's just not it's just not how I'm I'm ever gonna build a team. Like I, I get it. 
but I can't I can't handle that tilt of like hoping for two rushing touchdowns and just watch just watching him just knowing that Jameis Winston should be playing is just super tilting for me um so uh, yeah I think that uh, I will definitely have some Ridley uh coming back on the other side so I'll probably have a lineup or two with Thomas and Ridley in it and uh and probably call it a day from there uh I think this game for what it's worth I think this game probably goes over um maybe not by much because it's only 45 and a half but um, I do think there's going to be scoring. I just think it's going to be spread around so much that I don't really feel comfortable game stacking here. What if I told you you're fading a quarterback that gets both bonuses? I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a little bit of a reach, but I mean, uh, it, it truly is like the farthest thing from an impossibility. You know, just uh, before we move on to point out that the Falcons are really banged up. Gurley and Julio both uh, missed last week. Uh, Ed Ridley and Hurst to them as all being limited on Wednesday, all currently listed as questionable. And then the backup Zacchaeus is on IR now. So uh, it's it's getting ugly in Atlanta, even though they, uh, they managed to beat my Raiders last week. Let's move on to the – it's funny because I, uh, I copied what Matt – put up here and it says Oakland at the New York Jets on, on this match. So I'm just going to talk about to, to, to legitimize this move to Las Vegas until <laughs> the there's fans. It doesn't count that that is true. And um, Mark Davis agrees with you. So no, no, if everybody can't come, nobody's coming is, is the motto there. This is a 47 point total. This game is in New York and the, the Raiders are a road nine and a half point favorite in this game um as i said i fully expected that and i have a little confidence uh josh jacobs is said to have a shot to play but draft kings has taken Devonte booker and priced him up from four thousand dollars to fifty five hundred dollars which means they don't believe jacobs is going to play and they already took away the opportunity to get a cheap Devonte booker in his place and we've seen booker actually in recent weeks Three weeks ago, I think, was his best game. Uh, but we know that he could do both things out of the backfield, run and catch. But, uh, TJ, the, the possibility of Jacobs not playing and it being a nice spot for Booker, is that just forget it at $5,500? Yeah, I, it kind of, it kind of just makes it that if he hits, he's just kind of returning value and not actually smashing. So uh, they definitely – Definitely made that an annoying spot. And then also, he's not going to be the only back they use. You know, it, it's not like he's just going to step in and be true full-on bell cow. So, uh, yeah, Booker is a guy I would actually avoid. I, I, I don't see a scenario where I'm going to play a single lineup with Booker. You, met? Probably not. I mean, who knows what what my, uh, what my dumb brain will do at 1230 uh, Eastern <laughs> on Sunday, but – um at the moment i don't think i'm going to to do much there i like can't imagine rostering Derek carr i'm completely done with darren waller i uh who the hell knows what you want to do with the wide receivers like it you know they the the team again as a whole the team has uh found ways to score and put up some good uh some good numbers but there's there's been well, yeah, but there's been very few um, 
like predictable huge like singular games from this offense and i don't feel like i don't feel confident enough to believe that if i'm taking five shots at it uh that i'm going to be able to land on the right one without playing everybody uh sam donald returned last week and and promptly killed any trade value that he had uh, for the jets and so bad tj over his last three games jamison crowder has 11 total targets remember the good old days when that was like a half for jamison crowder uh is there anything with the jets at all in this game no i miss that man and uh when mims got healthy and perriman got healthy you know that kind of went out the window and those guys are seeing equal to better volume. Uh, they probably will continue to. And I, I think there's a reasonable expectation that one of the two aforementioned guys, either Mims or Perriman, actually have, not, I don't know about a smash week, but certainly returning big value on their price tag. We need to see Mims get in the end zone. That's kind of what I'm excited for. I still don't love Perriman as a player, but, you know, he, he's adequate. He's good enough. He truly could be that 23 point scorer uh and at his price that's probably the most attractive thing in this game sadly yeah let's move over to the indianapolis colts and the houston texans we got a nice total of 51 in this game these two teams believe it or not have not played yet this year we're going into week 13 so they do play twice over the next three weeks so we might get a preview of something more obviously the biggest news surrounding this game is that wolf Fuller is done for the year after receiving a six game suspension for ped use uh that absolutely kills uh a lot of us in in season long leagues and it kills the value of deshaun watson who comes in as the top qb uh two weeks in a row in DraftKings scoring and he faces a defense now that got throttled last week and is playing angry after being really good all year, Matt. Um, so are we just going to steer clear of of this offense this week as they try to figure out what to do, what to fill I mean, in? They, David Johnson may be back. Oh, for, no, forget that. We're not. We're not. We're not doing the David Johnson thing ever again. Um, no, <laughs> I mean it's, it's it's Brandon Cook season. Like, what what else are we gonna do? Fifty six hundred. Like, I, I'll. I'm definitely gonna play cooks uh and then see you later houston <laughs> I, I yeah that that's it tj anything to add for the texans yeah i i don't hate cooks by any means but uh he's just not a guy i want to trust um if i'm using a we'll piece keep, of the we'll houston offense i want it to be super cheap with ceiling and my god that's Kiki Kute's music. So that's the guy I will I will be playing some Kute on the Houston side of this game, as gross as that sounds. Strike up the band for Kiki. Let's go over to those Colts who just got white early in that game and tried to play catch up the rest of the game and couldn't get back to where they needed to be. Um, TJ, you were with us last week, and, and I had uh, talked – with Matt, how I thought that maybe the rest of the year we would see it be Jonathan Taylor's job. And then he was probably ruled out a day or two later for COVID related things. Um, he is back this week. It is the 31st ranked rush defense. Two weeks ago, he had 22 carries and four catches. He is $5,700. 
I understand Naheem Hines is not going anywhere, but I really do believe they are going to try to ride the back of Jonathan Taylor down the stretch to win this division. And I, I'm going to have a lot of Jonathan Taylor this week at a very reasonable price. Um, so before I get Matt's input on that, what is your input on Jonathan Taylor the rest of the way, or at least just this week? I mean, last week, Taylor himself catching COVID is the most 2020 thing, microcosm of 2020 that we'll ever find. I mean, you're absolutely right. He was, he was ascended. He was set up to absolutely start smashing, be the guy. Boom, he gets taken away for a week. Um, I don't think Hines looked fantastic in that that game last week, and that should have. And I play I played a lot of Hines. Don't get me wrong, and he was fine, but he did not look great. They they uh the previous week, not last week, the previous week, his role really shrunk as Taylor grew. I mean, it, it truly came directly from Hines. And this is a team where you run the ball, you have success. Period. You don't even have to be good. I mean, David Johnson could smash against his own his own team. So <laughs> with Taylor coming in, I, I think you're right. It's an absolute smash spot. I expect him to be uh, rightfully popular, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to have a ton of him. He he should break out this week. It's not that he could; it's that he should. Where you at, Matt? Yeah, I mean, can we can we just give a giant middle finger first of all to Jacoby Brissett for uh, oh, those yes. touchdowns? That yes. was yes. that also, uh, you know, even if Kelsey didn't hit the bonus, that also could have saved my week. Uh, Amen. To God that. forbid. God forbid they give the running back the goal line touches. Um, yeah, as far as Taylor goes, like if if Jacobs ends up ruled out and Booker becomes even a little bit popular, that's going to be a great thing for Taylor's ownership because they're right around the same price. Um, and I will just, I will click on Taylor a hundred times out of a hundred uh, in that situation. So yeah, I think we would be, we would be hoping and projecting a workload with Booker that we know that Taylor has been trending towards. So um, I think it's a spot where you don't overthink it and you just play Taylor. And in the other rookie in this offense that we talked about last week, and, and you made excellent points against playing him, Matt, and I didn't listen to you. I played him. Uh, he saw nine targets last week. He only caught two of them. But, uh, TJ, I see you nodding your head uh, down below. At $4,900, do you expect Michael Pittman to continue to ascend or stay at the level he's at and continue to see that target volume, even with T.Y. finally getting a touchdown? I say that in jest last week because I have so much T.Y. Uh, stock, but it's useless. Do you see this continuing? Uh, it's it's weird. Uh, it's such a Philip Rivers thing where, you know, a team gets behind, his wide receiver gets big volume and has no catches, no points, and that's because Philip Rivers is a pile of trash that can't bring a team back once they're losing <laughs> a game. I mean, that's <laughs> – yes, that, that, that is exactly it. So I, I don't think Pittman is a player – whose fantasy production, at least this season, is going to be tied to his volume. I think in a leading game script where you have a more unpredictable play-calling situation, he's a guy that can break a 60-yard touchdown and make his week on that play, have three targets and hit like he did two weeks ago. You know, last week, nine targets, no production whatsoever. So, you know, he could be a guy that actually hurts Taylor while hitting himself, if that makes any sense. But uh, he's in play, not a good play, just sprinkle in 
not not a super attractive spot. I think next season, hopefully with a new quarterback, uh, he's going to be more of a weekly play type guy. Yeah, I mean, Pitt, Pittman's second best uh, scoring week was on his third fewest targets. That's pretty much all you need to know. He, he got the touchdown uh, and on those three targets a couple weeks ago. And at his price, you know, if he if he scores, that's that's awesome. You're basically, you know, you're basically getting there on that play and maybe another catch. But, um, you know, last week he was seven and a half percent owned, which I mean, that seems like a little bit of chasing just because of the touchdown the week before. Like you can't look at three targets and be like, I need to I need to get this guy in. Um, So I guess we'll I guess we'll see what happens moving forward. But I'm. I am definitely not um, prioritizing getting uh, any of these these indie pass catchers into my lineups uh, as yeah, of right now. If you want to go to a cheap young player who's been good this season with a trash quarterback, T. Higgins is three hundred dollars cheaper. <laughs> uh, you might as well just go in that direction because he he's uh, he just seems better at this point. I will say, as I always like to throw in a tight end, Trey Burton's thirty five hundred dollars, and uh, he can score a touchdown. He can run. He can pass. But, but Sal, T. Higgins has a better quarterback. <laughs> well, with that said, we will pay some bills, Matt Jones. Well, I was going to say, or we could we could go the we could go the siege route and uh, and just play Jacoby Prezet if we wanted to. Which is a showdown. All right. Uh, before we before we get into the late games, I do want to tell you guys about our sponsors. Our first sponsor of the night is Indeed. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient which means every hire is critical and indeed is here to help unlike other sites indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring you only pay for what you need you can pause your account whenever you want and there are no long-term contracts Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment that you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere, so go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. The offer is valid uh, through the end of the year. You know, uh, at the start of the season, December 31st sounded like a while from now, but we're, uh, we're coming up on it. So if you were going to try out that offer make sure you get in in the next couple of weeks here uh our other sponsor for tonight as always our loyal sponsor bet online football's back in full swing you might not be at a game this year but you can still be in on the action at bet online they are going the extra mile to make sure that you get in on every possible chance to win whether it's game spreads totals teams and player props Bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Ah, oh, well, we are back to the football. I was a little distracted, Matt, because the Radio City Musical Rockets are on my TV screen because it is the holiday season, and uh, we can only show past performances since they're not allowed to perform. 
this year. But anyway, let's get to TJ Calkins, Cleveland Browns, the eight and three Cleveland Browns having the best season since what 2012, is it, TJ? And they're still three games behind the undefeated Steelers. What a what a time to be alive. I'm pretty sure it's 2004, so so well, I don't yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs> it was, was a, the coach, if that helps. Oh, I I do remember the team. I don't want to uh I don't want to ruin anything for you, but they they got a two game lead on the Ravens. The Raiders can't get out of their own way. They are in a good spot. What could go wrong? Playoffs. We've never we've <laughs> never seen Cleveland screw anything up, so I'm sure it'll go great. <laughs> well, let's see as they face off against the resurgent Tennessee Titans. Uh, it seems like they've had ebbs and flows this year. The Titans, and this is our highest game, I believe, on the slate this week at 54 points. Um, the people over at DraftKings must have been listening to our show last week, Matt, because you did an excellent rant on why Derrick Henry should be priced at or near um, Dalvin Cook. He was $7,900 last week, and he demolished the Colts' defense. Uh, he's now 9200 uh, just one week later. So they heard the cries of Matt Jones, and if anybody is upset that he's so high, that is at Matt Jones. TFR, you can take it up with him. He Listen, he had four targets last week, and I will say that he actually had five. They called that one receiving touchdown a rush. He was clearly – ahead of the line that was a reception so it was a receiving touchdown i even tweeted that you matt when that happened so let's say five targets last week if derrick henry starts getting three to five targets a week and he starts catching touchdowns he is going to smash every single week but matt is 9200 too prohibitive or you can't be without him i mean i'm not gonna be without him uh I think that um, we have enough of a sample of all of this happening. Whatever whatever running backs don't matter, arguments you want to make or not make or whatever, um, it, his ceiling is, is like, you know, 40 points, like 50 points like he's hit in the past. And he has a valuable workload like I was ranting about last week. Uh, regardless of the, you know, whether he sees two targets or not, um, you know, he's still seeing the most opportunities, even when you count all these other running backs targets. So, um, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep, I'm just gonna keep playing him every week. Um, probably till, you know, they, the, the season's over. <laughs> till his wheels fall off, right? 28 and 27 uh, carries the last two weeks um tj anything to add about derrick henry and uh maybe aj brown who continues to get it done every week eight touchdowns in the eight weeks that he's been back the only time he didn't score was week 10 and then he adds a oh let me just pick up this onside kicker returner for a touchdown touchdown last week so at seventy six hundred dollars uh is aj brown gonna be sticking in your in your lineups well, Henry definitely will be. Uh, I mean, Matt covered most of it. Uh, my buddy Scott Barrett was kind of talking about something about Turkey post Thanksgiving. Derrick Henry is just an explosion of Derrick Henry. Uh, he, and he, sure, absolutely play everyone against the Browns. Perfectly fine. I mean, Colin Johnson hit against the Browns. We're probably going to hit again this week if uh, Sharks hits again. Uh, we already covered that. I know 
you guys aren't there with me. But yeah, AJ Brown. I mean, there's not going to be anyone on the Browns answering answering that bell. It's just going to be a matter of volume for him, whether he needs it, whether he gets it. Uh, the game script is truly going to matter for Brown, and I think it's going to matter more for him than the running backs, which is odd. Yeah, and let's jump over to that Brown side and talk about, before we get to the running backs, let's talk about who the hell is this Jarvis Landry character? Um, was that just more a matter of the Jacksonville defense last week, or could we see him continue to get peppered with targets like we used to? see him used in uh in cleveland and in miami he's up a thousand dollars because of that performance he scored 31.3 points last week and in the previous four weeks combined he had 30.66 so obviously it's a little out of the norm for him this year but uh matt could could we see jarvis continue or is it not a guy is it jarvis not a guy you are interested in i mean i you know, we're we're only three weeks removed from his last eleven target game, and he scored nine point two DraftKings points. So, um, against your uh, your fighting Oakland Raiders there, so um, we won that one in the wind. You did, and yeah, I mean, look, I, he probably has you know two or three of these games in him per season. Um, and last week was, I mean, could you could you have scripted a better situation? playing Jacksonville, no OBJ, like there, there were plenty of reasons to think, uh, that, that he could, that he could go off the way that he did. And he was low owned and you know, that chalk Jarvis just never works out. So, um, all, all of those things conspired to, uh, to work well for him. It's not something that I'm banking on. He's 6,200, um, and in sort of like a sea of, of interesting options, and I, I just don't like. I'm not going to stack. I'm not going to play Baker with him. Um, so I don't really. Maybe as a as a run back uh, for for a Derrick Henry team that I have. Uh, but it feels it feels thinner than his last week uh, would would suggest. I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm not a Jarvis guy myself. Uh, in fact, I didn't have him in this season long roster where I have him, and that kind of. Yeah, I still won the game. Let me let me just say that right up front. But listen, as we start to lose the seven thousand dollar backs like Derrick Henry, there is a guy who gets around twenty carries every week. He's got nineteen, twenty, and nineteen in the three weeks that he's back from injury. Um, he added three receptions for thirty-two yards last week, and at seventy-seven hundred dollars, uh, Nick Chubb feels like a guy who I need to have in lineups this week, TJ. Well, since that disaster, the entire team disaster, uh, coaching on down in week one against Baltimore, Nick Chubb has finished five games. How many games has Nick Chubb gotten the bonus out of those five? I said all five. And I don't think game script matters at this point. I think he's going to get that 18 to 22 carry mark every single week. And with that is going to come, he is the league's, especially this is a bold statement in a game with Derrick Henry playing, he is the league's best pure runner. So I'm going to play him every week as long as he is priced, you know, thousands of dollars away from the likes of Henry and Cook. And I just assume I'm going to continue to smash doing so. Um, 
the matchup isn't going to hurt him, although I'm not sure that he is not a matchup-proof player. So uh, I I kind of hope you're with me, Matt, but let's see. Where are you? Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. I'm, I love Chubb. Um, I'm curious to see like how the how the ownership goes because uh, like people are gonna are gonna continue to play Kareem Hunt um, probably in perpetuity and I I just have a hard time being like he should be seven or eight or ten or twelve percent owned um, when when Chubb is at full strength I, I have a really hard time I know he's cheap I think he's like 5,500 this week or something. Um, but I, I just think, I just think that's like super cute. Uh, and you just, you just need to find a way to play Chubb. Like I think Chubb, AJ Brown um, will be a very popular uh, correlation that I am going to uh, be trying to get into lineups. You, you know, I said, go, reach I'm going to break my rule. <laughs> Sorry, Sal. I mean, no, I, I hate no. to play two backs in the same game, but I'm perfectly fine playing both backs in this yeah. game. I mean, outside of a essentially 25 to 30 point blowout one way or the other, uh, I, I think both backs smash again. I just want to mention that I said reach around and got attacked. Matt says, I love Chubb. Nobody says anything. I'm just, I, have a, I have a Chubb for Chubb. <laughs> I said it. He also didn't offer to reach around. So. <laughs> reach around. For the Chubb, let's move to his Detroit against Chicago, a, a low total of 44. To? Uh, we don't – listen, there are two good plays over on the Chicago side. There is nothing that gets me too excited on a Detroit side. The Lions have fired their coach and their GM. Uh, the season is turning towards figuring out the future. So I have a feeling we're not going to see Kenny Galladay rushed back anytime soon. He did not practice again on Wednesday, and I – I can almost guarantee you that he doesn't play again this week. There is word that Swift might be back. Um, he didn't practice or he was limited after missing two games with a concussion. But, again, they might want to go slow with him because he's the future there as well. Guys, give me your opinion on those two players. If we see – we'll see Swift for sure again this year. And is this it for Matt Stafford in Detroit next year – I could see them moving on from Stafford and and starting fresh with a coach who maybe brings in a new quarterback. So Matt, let's go to you first, just quickly because I know we're not about futures on this show. But what are your feelings on this thing? Maybe maybe Phil Rivers will take the trip up oh. to uh, up to Detroit. That'd be that'd be fun. Get some TJ fell off his chair. Hold youth, on, get some youth up there. Um, Kenny Galladay's driving to your house right now. He <laughs> he doesn't want to hear that. Um. Who am I talking about? Galladay? Yeah, I mean, when whenever Galladay is playing, I'm going to play Galladay. Um, I think Swift, like you said, is probably the more uh, the more likely return this week. He's 6,500, which I think is kind of in a weird spot um, as far as running back prices go this week. Like, you know, I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards like Eckler, Robinson, Chubb. And, you know, this range of like Sanders, Swift, Carson could potentially go under owned, um, whether that's, you know, whether that's a smart decision or not is probably up for debate. But um, I, I think that I think that those 
uh, those running backs at that price usually um, kind of fall into a, a little bit of a vacuum because there's a couple of cheap options that people gravitate towards. So um, if Swift is, you know, if he's not going to be chalk, I think that he's he's a, a solid um, a solid enough GPP play on his uh, potential ceiling and his workload alone. What about you, TJ? Yeah, I truly agree on Swift. I, I don't think there's a snowball's chance in how Luke Gallaudet plays this week. I don't think they put him back in this year unless he's 100%. I think they see him as the future. Uh, to Sal's question, man, I, I think it would be incredibly unfair to Stafford to hire a competent head coach and then move on from him as if he were the problem. <laughs> you know, I, like I, I just think that would be something of lunacy. You know, Stafford's not the problem there. Uh, as for Swift... Yeah, I, I am very interested, uh, especially without Galladay. I think uh, I don't think this team's beating anyone right now. I think they're going to be throwing, and I think uh, Swift is going to see targets. I think uh, he'll obviously see carries. And there's even in an unideal matchup. I don't think it's you know a brutal matchup, but unideal matchup. I think he's he's in a spot where he could absolutely be a difference making smash on this slate. Well, that's exactly why you're here, TJ, to bring that type of insight. <laughs> Would you? And, uh, well, I'm going to be very heavy on this game as well. So it's going to be uh, more motivation for me to play Swift. Well, let's talk about the, the Chicago side. Allen Robinson puts up two touchdowns last week. He's coming back against the 27th ranked wide receiver defense this week he's $6,700 so we talked about wide receivers in that $6,000 range Matt right and here's one who is a much better option than than some of those those other guys and then you got uh, Montgomery who at $5,500 he's facing the worst run defense and last week he looked like the weapon we wanted him to be he got all the touches um, and, and he looks like he could be a breakout player in this game as well so TJ, you said you're going to be heavy on this game. Um, are these are these two guys, as well as the Chicago defense at $3,100, uh, are these plays that you're interested in, or am I missing somebody else? Well, you are missing one, and it's uh, it's incredibly gross to think that Trubisky was the key to unlocking David Montgomery. <laughs> but, but this has happened. I mean, it's absolutely happened. And, I mean – if we're looking at the at the the touch market here for this offense, it's Trubisky and A. Robin Montgomery, and they're all just set up to smash against a team that can't stop anybody at any level. I mean, I'm going to mix and match those three players, and I'm going to be so overweight on them, and it's going to be so easy to complain that I played Bears and lost on Monday, but I'm still going to play. If you don't watch the live version of this show, you owe it to yourself to go back to the On the Daily DFS Twitter feed and find it. And uh, at the 48-minute mark, watch Matt Jones's celebratory Trubisky dance. Matt, go ahead. It's Mitch week, baby. I love – I just – it makes me – it makes me so happy. Uh, I, I just I, – I couldn't have been more proud. I was like – I was like a proud papa watching uh watching mitch realize that hey i have alan robinson so maybe i should i should pepper him with targets as opposed to nick Foles, who forgot for like three quarters per game in his starts every single week and then was like oh shit that's right i forgot that guy over there's pretty good um 
yeah, no, I'll I I'm definitely gonna play some Mitch uh, and Robinson uh, stacks. I I just this game could be like super slow and disappointing. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna listen back to this part when uh, when when I'm looking at uh, currently winning zero dot zero zero dollars on DraftKings.com on Sunday night. Um, but yeah, I think I, I can't miss out on Mitch Week. Shane, Do the Bears need ahead. more than fourteen snaps for all of them to hit in this game. I'm not sure. <laughs> about fourteen, maybe sixteen snaps. We're gonna set the over on the on snaps at fifteen for this game, and uh, we'll see where we go from there. Shame on Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears coaching staff for basically throwing their season away by by just pulling Mitch Trubisky so soon when they were still you know an undefeated team at the beginning of the year. Um, I've been trying to tell everybody. We move into the late games. We have the LA Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. 48.5 total in this game. Uh, Kyle Murray looked the worst for wear with the shoulder injury last week. Um, he, he was still limited on Wednesday with that shoulder issue. He had by far his lowest point total on the season. And, um, you know, I, I think I'm staying away from him. Uh, I don't know. You know, Hopkins at $7,800 is Hopkins, but uh, he's had only one good game in his last four games. It, it hasn't been great lately. And uh, Kenyon Drake is the alpha again back in that backfield. Man, had 22 carries last week and, and a handful of targets as well. And so Chase Edmonds is kind of dead there. So $5,700, you could go back to – to Drake, but uh, TJ is giving me the look like he's like he wants to shut me up. So I'm gonna let him, I'm gonna let him jump in and speak on the Arizona Cardinals. I took huge issue with one word you used. You said Drake was the alpha again, as if he ever wasn't. So <laughs> well, I mean the, the alpha in touches. <laughs> yeah, the, the the problem with Drake, and let me tell you, I, I don't I don't believe I have a redraft league where I didn't draft Drake. So I, I, I'm kind of upset about the Kyler goal line usage because I, I'm not 100% convinced that he is you know, that much substantially better than Drake as an option running at the goal line. Um, I, I think if that uh, split throughout the season was a little more even, I'd be a little bit less bitter. Drake would have more points. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Now uh, Kyler is banged up. Uh, we saw what Drake will do. In a game they lost and only scored 17 points, Drake was highly effective, highly useful for fantasy purposes, and I think we could very much see a repeat of that, uh, even if they lose the game. So let me throw that to Matt. Where are you at? I just – I don't I don't see this game being, like, fun. I don't know why. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's I, – I guess it's mostly because of Kyler. Um you know, just sort of floundering around uh, with with however severe this injury is. Um, I just feel like this game goes under, and I feel like it's going to be over-owned. Um, I think that, obviously, like, even in low-scoring games, there, there are pieces that can hit. Um, but I'm just, I'm having a hard time. Like, if you would have told me that these two teams were playing a few weeks ago, I would have had, you know, five five pieces of this game in a lineup and I just don't see myself. I just don't see myself getting there um, right now. Like 
you can always take flyers on on Cup and Woods. You can always, you know, throw in throw in Drake somewhere. You could do Kyler and DeAndre if you want. Like there's there's a million different ways that you could go. Um, but to I don't see myself putting all of my eggs in this basket this week. Uh, maybe uh, I'm yeah. maybe I'm way off. I don't know. I I just I don't see it. It's at forty eight and a half right now on Bet Online, and I think I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play the under right now as we're talking. A cup and woods are remain very good values um, for who they are, and uh, Woods' role the last few weeks target wise has been been up there. In the last, I would say three out of the last four games, he's had you know big days. So fifty nine hundred dollars for Robert Woods, TJ seems really cheap. What what do you have on the Ram side before we move along? Woods and Cup are kind of maddening, man. Uh, you know, in, in Woods, in seasons past, he was kind of the steady-as-she-goes player. He was the guy with the floor. He was the guy who always seemed to get there at some level. Now we're seeing just just as sporadic of output from Woods as we are from Cup. So I, I, I don't know how we attack them outside of flipping coins because when they're priced the same, both of them have a 35-40 point ceiling, but neither of them have a 10 point floor anymore so either could hit both could hit oh actually i don't know that both could hit uh this game might be exactly what matt was describing so i have a hard hard time uh believing both but the price is right on both i i'm definitely in on both i just don't know if i'm gonna make any golf double stacks that'll be really weird this week yeah i mean just real quick before we move on to the next game too like the the great thing about the fact that they don't really have that floor and they don't ever seem to hit at the same time is that it suppresses their price a little bit. Um, and they also still have this ceiling where, yeah, like you could, you could see a, a two or three touchdown game from either of those receivers. And not that it's like the most likely thing in the world, but I don't think you would be like absolutely shocked if one of those two guys ended up with, you know, 35 DraftKings points or something like I, I don't think that's I don't think that's crazy and at their price obviously um that's something that that you should be interested in but I I just don't uh I just don't love this game overall uh well let's get, let's move on to speaking Matt. of things that I don't love <laughs> Matt Jones is <laughs> first place New York Giants as they head to Seattle to, to take on the Seahawks with a 48 point Total, Matt, I know that you are sad that your beloved Giants lost Daniel Jones after they moved into uh, yeah. the clear best team in the a- the NFC East division. Um, but aside from the quarterback in this game, which is going to pr- most likely be Colt McCoy, um, Wayne Goldman at $5,600 has – the eighth most points of any PPR running back over the last five weeks. And he has a bye week in there, which means he's played four games. Uh, that's more than Aaron Jones in that time frame, And that's only 2.4 points less than James Robinson in that time frame, uh, who also played four games. Is it time to believe in Wayne Gallman? I mean, he's getting the goal line work last week. They went to him four times in a row and until he got in the end zone. So it they know what they need to do. And I think that is keep the ball out of Colt McCoy's hands, Matt. Yeah, I mean, not only that, you're also you also have to keep the ball out of Deion Lewis and Alfred Morris's hands because they're also 
uh, currently receiving paychecks from the New York football Giants. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more importantly, you got to keep the ball out of Russell Wilson's hand. So you run the ball more to keep that offense off the field as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, I know, I know that this is not like the, the Legion of boom Seahawks, but uh, a Colt McCoy led offense uh, does, does not feel like the spot that I want. Like, I just don't see them sustaining drives. I think they, um, that it's going to have to be like Allman breaking a big play for him to do much of anything. And I don't know, like does does he have that in him? Like he hasn't had a 20 yard rush since the beginning of October. Um, saving him. He's saving him up. Oh yeah, exactly. He's due. <laughs> he's due. So never mind. I take it back. He's, he's obviously due. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if he ends up seeing all these checkdowns from Colt McCoy, like maybe he could get there. Um, and he has been playing well. Don't get me wrong, but I just I think this is just going to be a shit pumping, and I don't really see the Giants doing much of of anything. So yeah, it has a, it does have the feel of the Giants going back down the tubes, and and I am really interested to see who outlasts the rest of the wins this division. This is the shittiest shit show of a division I have ever seen in my entire life of watching NFL football. It is there's, insane. There's like there's like actual real life giant football fans that that are in my life that are like excited about this, and it drives me <laughs> up a wall. Like this is not a this is not a good outcome. I don't care if they host a playoff game and get destroyed at MetLife for the for, in the wild card round. Like what? Like why are we? Why are we even doing anything? Like me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, if they host a playoff game, I am not going to be happy. TJ, anything on the Giants, Evan Ingram, anything before we, we move on to the, the important players in this game? I mean, Colt McCoy does like him some tight ends. So, yeah, Ingram's, Ingram's in play. Uh, I think there's one tight end. I'm just going to lock button this week, but um, – I, if there's a second one, it's probably Ingram for me, and I, I, uh, I like that. I actually, uh, I went down a rabbit hole here. The 2011 Browns team that Colt McCoy led, uh, Ben Watson had 37 catches, and Evan Moore had uh, 34 catches. So, do with that as you will. <laughs> Ingram's fine. <laughs> Doesn't it just feel like Colt McCoy is 112 years old? Like it feels like he's been backing somebody up forever. Um, yeah, and but... he looks like he needs a babysitter. <laughs> like he looks always like a child. been true. I mean, that has literally always been true. I think he might have been um, Tony Romo's backup at one point in in Dallas. That's I feel like that was a thing at some point. But uh, let's move over to wait, wait, wait. I just I just go I just googled Colt McCoy and there's there's an ESPN uh, headline that says Colt McCoy plunged into playoff race brings grit to New York Giants offense I just I can't I can't with any of this shit so stupid so this is a fourth team that doesn't sound right I mean three years with the Browns one year with the Niners six years with the football team and now one year with the Giants. Uh, that's what, you know what he, I was thinking of actually when he was playing for Washington and beat the Cowboys, not put, not played for the Cowboys on a Monday night game. 
Uh, he was filling in for whoever the quarterback was at the time. That's what I was remembering. Um, yeah, clearly Matt Jones is a pumped-up New York Giants fan. Let's go over to the Seattle Metcalfs. Uh, $8,200 DK comes in this week. Uh, it is his highest price of the season, and if they're going to feed him the way that they fed him last week, it feels like it is a bargain. Uh, it appears as though they have realized – that the offense should run through DK Metcalf. Matt, $8,200, you still want to plop him in to your lineup? Yeah, I mean, he's he may score uh, more this week than he did last week. I think he's still scoring. TJ, what about uh, Metcalf? I mean, I, I'm definitely going to play some. Uh, the, the price is very prohibitive, so I, I'm not going crazy. Um, I think I'm going to be paying up more for backs this week. So, did, did you yeah. see? Oh, go ahead. I'm I'm sorry, my friend. Go ahead. Were, were you moving on to locket? No, no, no. I wasn't moving on to locket. Oh. I was going to see if you saw where. Um, I can't remember his name. The 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 uh, D, the D coordinator for D, for Detroit. Um, was he the D coordinator now for Detroit? Who said that he was there? When oh, Calvin Johnson, yes, Schwartz. yeah, Schwartz. When he said he was there when Calvin Johnson was in Detroit, and that he reminds him a lot of Calvin Johnson. He's not Calvin Johnson yet. And DK Metcalf quote tweeted that and said, "I took that personally. <laughs> That's why he went off last week against Philadelphia. That's what it is. He's the D coordinator for Philadelphia now. That's what it is. Hey, I love uh, me some DK. I love that dude. He's phenomenal. He's a great guy. He's obviously." a better player, but my God, did he really have to do some mental gymnastics to twist what Schwartz actually said into something yes. that was negative because it certainly it. wasn't. Like, I was sorry, I thought it was fantastic. You know, that was fantastic. <laughs> the only thing I'll say to you about Tyler Lockett is um, he jumps up from $6,800 to $7,400 this week. He has not had a game over 67 yards in five weeks, and he has only one touchdown in that span, and those two things came in one game. Two weeks ago. So outside of that, he, he has – he has I know he has that ability to plop three touchdowns to, in, in a game. And uh, Are you pivoting off of Metcalf to Lockett this week, TJ, or are you not on Lockett? I mean, it's just it, – he inexplicably has these monster target games where he smashes. And I don't know why there's just this crawl in my gut that's saying this is that week that – Makes no sense, but here he is now. He's going to come smash after DK. I I don't know. I mean, he's going to be a bust most every time you play him, but obviously he's already broken slates on two different occasions this year. There's probably going to be a third before the season closes. Hard. I mean, an hour, five minutes ago, Matt Jones thought we were going to be under an hour. We have two games to go. So before, real quick, I'll just say it looks like it's going to be a Carson and Hyde split to keep Carson healthy, healthy, most likely for the playoffs. So I don't know that you want to play either one of these guys right now. Let's move to the Philadelphia Eagles and the Green Bay Packers. We have a 47-point total with Green Bay favored by nine. Before we get to Green Bay, um, I, I don't know what the hell is going on in Philly. It appears like Doug Peterson – is just done and wants to be fired at this point. He has a three down back that has paced this offense when he's been healthy. I thought it was Scott all Peterson. year. 
just how priceless is that? I realized that the next day I, I referred to him as Scott Peterson. I realized it myself and I posted it and uh, Scott Peterson, not known for good things. Um, and you know what? I almost like it better than Doug Peterson at this moment because Doug Peterson does what he does. He ruins good running back seasons. And last week, Miles Sanders saw six carries, six carries. I, I can't comprehend it. Uh, Tyler Fogum, uh, was a talk of fantasy for weeks on uh, weeks on weeks. He saw two targets last week while Alshon Jeffrey saw four. I mean, you got to uh, You got to mash Alshon in there uh, whenever you can. So it makes sense. One, you got maybe a one to two week limit where his hamstrings hold up and you got to you got to get him in before the soft tissue injuries pop up. Listen, the only guy who looked even decent last week is Dallas Goddard on this team. And guess what? Zach Ertz practiced on Wednesday. So we know that Zach will come back and he'll get jammed in there by Doug Peterson and screw us all again. So guys, I, I don't want nothing on the Philadelphia side. How about you? No. TJ's always got an angle. I, I'm lock buttoning Goddard. So I'm okay. gonna, he, I could I'm get just, it. He, I think he's the only tight end I want to play this week. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the price is absolutely super right. Uh, considering the volume and, production he's put out these last uh, couple games i think he's finally back healthy and i think Ertz uh potentially or actually being activated i'm not sure which uh, i think that's going to scare people off of him i think he's going to be just a high point output just just complete smash in every sense of the word so i'm all in on goddard I totally get the play. I understand it completely. Um, Aaron Jones, um, he has not broken 20 points since week four. He has only done it twice in the nine games that he has played this year. Uh, he's at $7,200. I think that people have this perception that he's been better than he actually has this year. We know that once Jamal Williams started getting some touches in on offense, it became closer to a split. than I think people want to admit, uh, and um, you know, Devontae Adams is the only elite player in this offense. He's the only guy who at $9,000 you should be considering uh, playing on a week-in and week-out basis. I will tell you that Tunyon is uh, $3,700, and he's facing the 25th-ranked tight end defense. He does have touchdowns again in the last two games, back-to-back five-target, five-reception games, and he's doing it now with Devontae Adams healthy, which he wasn't doing earlier in the year, so that's a good sign. So aside from those two guys, uh, Matt, Anybody on Green Bay? I mean, you kind of you kind of hit it. Um, I don't know. I just I think this this is another one that another game that could just really get out of hand. Like, what's the combined winning margin for Seattle and Green Bay? Like over under twenty four and a half points. What do you guys got? I like when TJ answers these. Uh, I, I, with, with Seattle, you can never project more than a score, so I'll go under. You can never, ever project more than a score in Seattle. <laughs> under. He, he makes a great point. Seattle seems to make every game uh, competitive and close. The, the, Gi- the Giants can fix that in a heartbeat. Don't worry. <laughs> the Giants are here to save the day. Um, TJ, before we move on, anything you want to add about the Green Bay offense? Well, no, but there's a Pete Carroll joke. He's running down the sideline after three passes in a row. No, no, no. We're going to go up two scores. We need three runs now. We need to punt. <laughs> and he'll split those up between three different running backs just to keep us all honest because well, we he's... love 
He's trying to get to his 50 uh, completions plus rush attempts, remember? I don't know if you guys saw that story today. That's his magic number. Is 50 pass completions plus rush attempts. That's the that's the goal every week. I don't even know that, what that means. That shows you where he's at. <laughs> Why not just run it 50 times? That's easy. I, that's what he's been screaming in all of his meetings lately. <laughs> Perhaps he's just a deranged old man. I, I don't know. It's possible. Um, we get to close the slate out with the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Chargers. The total is 47 in this game. I have one note written down for New England, and that is that I am done with New England. Um, so if you guys aren't, give me a player that you would play for the Patriots this week. Now, Cam's 3.96 uh, ESPN points cost me a, a pivotal matchup this week, so I am uh, I am none too pleased with the Patriots at the moment. Uh I don't know, TJ. Do you have anybody on the Patriots that you're that you're playing? Hard pass, hard pass. Okay. So Austin Eckler, on the other <laughs> hand, he saw sixteen targets. Oh my. Sixteen so targets, ridiculous. fourteen carries. He saw sixteen targets. He caught eleven of them. And uh, if you gambled on him last week, he he paid off at sixty one hundred. He's he's up to seventy one hundred this week, Matt. But it sounds like you're going back to him. Yeah, I mean, that's fading rap sheet really gambling, though. I mean, I was just gonna say that literally the stone worst. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna have uh, a metric shit ton of Austin Eckler this week. He might be in every one of my lineups, and I'll just try and figure out the rest, uh, elsewhere because I don't think I don't think the Patriots, uh, have have much of a uh, a prayer. I think that the Chargers are going to uh, demolish them, and even if the game does stay close, Eckler's still going to be heavily involved, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but I, I think the wheels are falling off the Patriots at the moment, so, yeah. I don't think anybody yeah, here will be upset about that. Sinking things up, you know, we, we, we didn't sound super excited about James Robinson, and now that we've been through these other running backs, the reason why, when you look at Henry Chubb, uh, Eckler and Taylor, you know, Robinson is probably like a ceiling fifth best play at the position. So that's kind of why we were unexcited before, but it's not that he's a bad play. Again, we'll play him. Sorry. I just wanted to add that. Yeah, no, no, sure. never be sorry. My friend, uh, we know what Keenan Allen is, um, high target volume most weeks and always, always in play $8,100. There might be some other plays this week that are cheaper that you could get in there, but it can never go wrong with a guy who has the potential to catch double digit receptions every week. Um, and TJ, I mentioned it last week and I'll mention it again. You said it, I think three weeks ago that we haven't spoken about Hunter Henry much this year. And he has 13, uh, he has three straight games of minimum 13 points two thirteen and changes and and a 14 point game in there. And again, 4,800, um, not not cheap compared to some other tight ends, but also not breaking the bank for like a guy like Darren Waller who comes in at sixty one hundred and had like six points last week. Um, so yeah, Hunter Henry is a guy. I, Hunter Henry. <laughs> wow, I think it's late. Hunter Henry is definitely a guy I would consider this week. Guys, any other points about anything on the slate you want to make before we go, Matt? First, um. No, just just play lots and lots of Austin Eckler. Mr. TJ Calkins. 
you, if you really want to just feel a need for a shower, I'm going to, after I say this, uh, we saw the Vegas offense last week. We saw what happened, and the Jets defense is 2,100. So Sometimes Ouch. it doesn't matter who you are as a defense. It's about who you're playing. So TJ waited to put that back together. Yeah. He waited to the end of the show to take a swipe at me, and I appreciate you saving it to the end, my friend. You insulting my Raiders or you insulting – who are we insulting here? Um, Especially Carr. We'll start with Carr. Oh, I can't. I, I can't even find you on it. Guys, this has been the On the Daily DFS uh, podcast. You can find us at On the Daily DFS on Twitter. Um, follow me on Twitter this week at SalitoFF. I will be doing my Toys for Tots shopping with all the money that I raised from the Potathon, which I did back in July. Um, we raised for toys for tots. We raised $21,000. We divided that up, uh, to a few different people this week. I'll be taking about 7,700 of it myself and doing that shopping and posting the pictures. But, um, we all know that starts with, uh, Scott fish at Scott fish 24. So if you check his feed, there'll be people all over the country doing toys for tots this week. It's the holiday season, as we alluded to with the rockets a little bit early and, uh, if you could do anything to help anybody else, if you're in a position to do that at this time of the year, I ask that you do that. If you are in position at other times in the year, always try to add some kind of charitable function to playing fantasy football, whether it be if you're in a season-long league, uh, grabbing one entry fee a year and donating that somewhere. Just do something if you can. Uh, not everybody's in a position to do that. But uh, if not, just give up your time if you can. And uh, – once again, thank you to uh, Matt Jones at Matt Jones TFR and TJ Calkins at TJ Calkins on Twitter for uh, for just a fun time every week with you guys. And I look forward to joining them next week and hopefully seeing you guys in the green. <laughs>